0: Uh, Before we go any further, I want to remind you of how we do our offerings here. Uh, There are envelopes in the seats in front of you. You can use those envelopes to put cash or checks in and put them in the buckets on the way out uh, this morning. Or many people have signed up for a recurrent giving online that's very helpful to us in a planning and budgeting sense, where you basically go and say, we're going to give X amount of dollars every week or every month or whatever to the church. And you just sign up and it automatically takes place. Uh, Or you can use your phone and give that way uh, using the app. And uh, speaking of phones this morning. Somebody has a Kia with the license plate AHF-2163. You know, what's weird about that. If someone got it and read my, I would have no idea what my license plate number is. But assume, assuming you're not as clueless as I am, and you actually know your license plate, your car is securely parked, locked, and the engine is still running. Which is fine by me. It'll be warm when you get out of here. <laughs> Just so maybe you'd like to know. Uh, that's something I would do. Oh, my goodness gracious. Anyway. Um, so that's the offering. Uh, I want to show you about some of the, we've been having fun with this billboards. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Give him a hand. Yes. i am impressed you knew your license plate. (laughs) Respect. (laughs) How many of you would not know your license plate number? Just see, I'm not the only one. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I do have a car that place called Gunger, That one I remember. <laughs> and Deanna's is blonde. That I remember as well. The truck, I have no idea what that is. Anyway, I want to show you uh, some of the billboards that we're running uh, now. This is kind of nice. Wise men still seek him. And then we've also been promoting our, our Christmas Eve services coming up 2.30 and 4.00. Uh, some for, something for everybody to remember, these are different times that we've traditionally done. We're doing a time adjustment at the times, hopefully to attract and make it easier for more people. So keep those in mind. All right, this morning, uh, we are celebrating, as you already heard, the first, second Sunday in Advent. Advent, what is the meaning of the word Advent? The word Advent means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Certainly the arrival of Jesus was a notable person, thing, or event. That was at Advent. Today, I want to take a look at uh, not just the first Advent, but also the second Advent. There are two comings of the Messiah, which I had never heard for some reason in the church I was raised in. They never once ever mentioned Jesus was going to come back again. I'd never heard that. And uh, when I first heard it, I was shocked and thought, that's amazing. And then I thought, why didn't they ever tell us this? <laughs> but uh, this is actually what Jesus, when, when he came the first time, after his, res- his resurrection, he said, I will come again. So there is going to be a second return, just like there was of the first one. Uh, the first one, I want to look in the Old Testament. There's two different kinds of prophecies about the Messiah. This is prophesied throughout the Old Testament that God was going to send the Messiah the chosen one was going to come and deliver man. And, um, but when you read, read them, they come in two different versions. I don't think anybody understood what this meant until Jesus came and then said before he left that he was going to return. Then all of a sudden it kind of made sense. So let me show you. Actually, some of these prophecies you all have heard And if you ever thought about them, you're thinking, well, that's weird. That didn't happen when Jesus was born. That's because it's referring to the second advent. But when these guys prophesied, time was, you know, they didn't know exactly when these things would happen. It would be like looking across the mountaintops and seeing the tops of mountains. And they kind of all blurred together. They would see things that were coming. What they didn't see were the huge valleys and miles and miles between. So the, they had no concept of when these things happen, just that they're going to happen. And sometimes they would speak in terms that it sounded like it was all happening at once, but it didn't. Um, so I want us to reflect on some of this. I want to show from Isaiah the prophet, he had some major prophecies about, about, about the Messiah. I need to go back to bed and wake up again. So it's not firing quite right up here. You say, We know that, Pastor. We've been here for quite a while. (laughs) All right. So, Isaiah, the second chapter, verse four. Here is a prophecy of the Messiah. He says, He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation nor will they train for war anymore. And he says a little bit later in chapter 11, a shoot uh, will come up from the stump of Jesse. Uh, If you've ever heard this and wonder what that means, Jesse was the father of David who became the great king and Jesus is known as the son of David. The Messiah came through the line of David. So he says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse and his roots A branch will bear fruit. And he starts to describe this Messiah. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Now, he just blurred here. He's gone from talking about Jesus the first time, which we understand talking about uh, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. Jesus actually said these words were fulfilled when he came. But then it blends into this other picture about judging the earth. Verse 4. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. uh, And with justice, he will give decisions to the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt. And faithfulness, the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. A time of peace. Wolves generally do not lay down with lambs. They tend to eat the lambs in our present world, but there's a time coming where the wolves will lie down with the lambs. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a child will lead them. So basically talk about this, the wolves and the lions and leopards and children playing with them. Uh, The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together The lion will eat straw like the ox. In other words, he's not eating meat anymore. The infant will play near the cobra's dead den. And the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. That would be horrifying to us. But he's talking about a period of time when this is nothing. Because there will be such peace over, over the earth, little children can play with poisonous snakes. My wife's not a big fan of snakes, But even then, Deanna, it'll be a lovely thing. See, God has a plan for snakes in the future. By the way, I have to kill every snake we find on our property up in Krivetz. That's my job as the man. I'm getting pretty good at it, actually. The head comes right off. And it keeps going, it's very creepy. Anyway, what am I talking about? For heaven's sakes. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. As you can tell, this has not happened yet. Now, they are reading these prophecies from the Old Testament, the Jewish people, and they're seeing these different pictures. Here's another one, later in Isaiah talking about the Messiah. He grew up before him like a te- before God like a tender shoot, like a root out of the ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire of him. You know, the Bible never mentions what Jesus looked like. Isn't that odd? You know, one of the things that I think we would have done is he was so and so tall. And he just looked like a regular guy. There was nothing that really stood out about him. And... We had this, this, this different picture. First, we see this conquering, one bringing all this peace. Now he says, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain, he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God stricken by him and afflicted. He's describing the crucifixion here. This is the Jesus we understand. Okay, he came and suffered. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. The Lord has laid on him the sin or iniquity of us all. So, this kind of pattern is throughout the Old Testament. We're showing you the difference just when Isaiah was talking. So, in these portions of scripture, we see that Isaiah is prophesying about the coming of the Messiah, but the very two different pictures. And you can understand why the Jews at the time missed it. They were under great oppression at the time, they were under the boot of Rome. The Roman Empire had come in, and they were pushing these people around. They didn't have their own freedoms. And when they were thinking in the terms of Messiah, they were thinking of the one who would come and conquer the enemies of God and bring peace. They weren't looking for a suffering Messiah. It's one of the reasons, and you can understand why. You know, it was a very, very difficult time. What they were hoping for is Jesus would come. When they were yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, as Jesus was coming into the temple on Palm Sunday, which we'll be celebrating in the upcoming spring here, Uh, they were thinking, this is it. He's the king. He's going to come. He's going to kick the Romans' butts, and we're going to have freedom finally in peace. So this is what they, they focus on. We all tend to focus on what we want. Do you notice that? It's like if I talk about something that people shouldn't do, if you do it, you don't hear me. But you hear your neighbor. He needs to hear this, you know. We like, we like to see other people's sins, but we don't see our own, right? That kind of thing. We're very selective in what we hear and see. So anyway, once we see the conquering Messiah, and when we see the conquering Messiah, bring a peace on the earth, and then we see the suffering Messiah, which takes on the sins of the world. This is what we saw in Jesus. Now we understand the suffering Messiah has already come, but the conquering Messiah is yet to come. This is what Jesus referred to when he said, I will return. Now, when we talk about the end of the world, and if you're really new to faith, I apologize this morning. Some of this might get kind of in the weeds, but I'll keep it as dumbed down as I can. People often say, Thank you, Pastor, for simplifying things. I'm not doing it for you. I don't understand it, so I have to keep it simple myself. But uh, I'll try to keep it as simple as I can. We talk about the day Jesus is going to come, and then we talk about the end of the world and Judgment Day and all the stuff we've talked actually back in November, I was talking about some of these things. But it's a a very simplistic wrap-up. That's not exactly what happens as quickly as we think. What happens is Jesus comes and then he's going to rule and reign on this earth. You know how how long? Anybody know? for a thousand years, the Bible's very specific. For all you who are worried that the earth is going to fall apart and global warming is gonna burn us all alive and we're gonna run out of water and all the chickens and frogs are gonna die. No, so yeah, it will toward the end. No, there's gonna be another thousand years on this earth. Now, we should be as responsible as we can on earth while we're here, I get that. But this thing is not falling apart. All right, it's going to be around for a 1,000 years. And at the end of that 1,000 years, that's when the final thing wraps up. I want to take a look at this this morning. So in uh, Revelation, this is the last book of the Bible, John has these visions seeing all this stuff happen. And he sees in chapter 19, verse 11, this is toward the end of the book, and I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood. His name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is the dramatic return of Jesus. He came very humbly and hidden in a manger 2,000 years ago. But when he comes back the next time, this will be on Fox News big time, okay? This is, a, this is a big return and this dramatic thing. And those who return with Christ are those who've been part of the first resurrection. Here again might be a new concept to you. We know there's going to be resurrection day. What we often skip over is actually there's two different ones. There's the first one, the resurrection of the righteous, those who have been by faith cleansed in the blood of Jesus, who've had trust in God, who've been born again, part of the kingdom of God will be raised first. Then the second resurrection where everybody else will be raised. So that's the first one. And they're going to come back with Jesus. He says in chapter, the very next chapter, he says, I, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan and bound him for a thousand years. And he says in verse six, blessed are and holy are those who share in the first resurrection and the second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign for Him with him for a thousand years. This is the thousand years the Bible's been talking about. This is when it happens. After the, all the crazy stuff that's gonna happen with the, with the end time, as we call it, and Jesus returns, he's going to set up and he's going to rule. Say, so why is that? Because he's going to show how this world could operate if they would have just done things right in the first place. It will be played out for a thousand years. This is going to happen on this very earth in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and in Fox Valley. Who knows where we'll all be? Maybe we'll come back here and be part of this. I have no idea. So much to get your head around. But literally on this planet, Jesus Christ himself, the son of the living God, will rule and reign from the city of Jerusalem. This will be the the fulfillment of when there will be peace on earth. And actually, when the angels were saying, singing, remember remember to the shepherds, peace on earth, goodwill to men, I think they're getting a little ahead of themselves. They were probably already celebrating the second advent. Because in heaven, time isn't like it is to us. Sometimes people say, the angel said, peace on earth. Where is that? Well, then we like to say, well, you meant the peace in our hearts. And God does bring peace to people's hearts. But no, there's going to literally be peace on earth. That's what they were seeing and celebrating. At the first half, they're thinking, cool, cool, here we go. Here comes the second one. This great time of peace on earth is going to come. And when Christ rules on this earth, is when Isaiah's words will be fulfilled. When he said, he will judge between the nations. He will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. So there's literally going to be people still on earth. Kind of hard to get your head around it. When this happens, there's still people on earth. Jesus is going to set up. Satan is going to be bound And thrown into this prison for a thousand years. There's no devil. There's no more evil influence anymore. And there will be incredible peace. But people are people. They'll still argue and debate over stuff. Right? you will still have in-laws. I mean, it is what it is. And the Bible says Jesus will be the ultimate ruler. And will settle disputes among nations. And nobody's going to train for war anymore. That's when this happens. Uh, uh, Oops. My iPad jumped. I hate it when this does that. Talk amongst yourself for a few minutes, sir, as I find my place. (laughs) Okay, so, and that's what we'll see. The wolf will lay down with the lamb and the cow will be with the bear and the kids will play with snakes and all that stuff becomes fulfilled. So then what happens is, uh, we see this in Revelation chapter verse seven. Then when the thousand years is over, Satan will be released from his prison. Why? Why let him out again? Because all these people and all the people who were born into the world at that time will not have been tempted like the rest of us have been. And no one gets into heaven without going through that first. And what's amazing is after a thousand years of glorious peace on earth, as soon as the devil goes out he gets into the people's heads and fans their opinions and their... Anger and Facebook will come back again. You know, it's will go crazy. And people will be yelling and screaming at each other. He says he'll go out and deceive nations from the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle in number like the sand of the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves, talking about Jerusalem. So what he says is that Satan's going to be released and people are going to go crazy again, like they are even after a thousand years of seeing peace and hearing from Jesus directly and God directly, they're still going to rally and try and surrender Jerusalem and kill Jesus. This time, it's not going to be a quiet Messiah. This is when it says, but fire will come down from heaven and devour them all. This is where we will see Isaiah's words Come to pass when he says, With the righteous he will judge the needy, with justice he will give decisions for the poor on earth, he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. And that is the end of it. Then it says, And the devil who deceived them was now thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown and they will be tormented day and night forever. And then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. This is the final judgment day. So it's not a matter of Jesus is going to come back someday and boom, judgment day. That's the simplified version. The literal version is all this prophecy of peace and calm on the earth and the joy all that we put, people have been looking forward to in these prophecies will all take place at that time and jesus will rule and reign for a thousand years then satan's let loose people go crazy again because people are people uh and i'm sure there are those who don't go crazy who still have good hearts a huge number of them. We're going to try and rebel against God again. And then it all gets wrapped up. And then is the final judgment. day. This is what the Bible calls the second death. And this is what you don't want to be a part of. So as Christians, we celebrate the coming of Jesus, the suffering Messiah who came and the Bible Isaiah says, all the sins of the world were placed on him. This is when John the Baptist saw him and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is when Jesus cries out, My Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Because at that point, when the sins of the world are put on Jesus, all of this darkness falls on him. He took the rap and the punishment for all the wrong that we have all done. And thankfully, because of that great sacrifice, we can now have forgiveness of sins. If we come to God and put our faith and trust in him, and now we look forward to that first resurrection where we will actually rule and reign with Christ. Isn't that wild? So we, when we read this verse, these verses, we're here. We're part of this. It's an amazing thing what God has done. And this is what we celebrate when we come together and we sing and we praise God. This is what we'll celebrate throughout Advent as Christmas comes and we celebrate the first coming of Jesus. But every time we have Advent, it's also a time for the church to reflect on the fact that he's coming again. And when he comes this time, it's a whole nother ball game. And you want to be on that side of the ledger. You want to be on the side of serving Christ and trusting and believing in him. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So you said that's not the kind of... I was waiting for Christmas bells to ring or something. No, this is a little intense, but uh, it's all part of the celebration of Advent, the first coming and now the second coming. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to turn to our time of communion, and this is where we're going to celebrate the first coming and what Jesus did for us. He was bruised for our iniquities He suffered for our sins and by his stripes we are healed. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, he gave the bread and said, my body will be broken for you so that we could be whole. His blood was shed so we could have forgiveness of sins. And that's what we're going to do right now as our shows get ready to serve communion to us. But the Bible tells us whenever we do this to stop and reflect on where we're at with God. This is always a good time for a reset. How have you been doing this week? you've been struggling, have you said things you shouldn't have said, did things you shouldn't have done. As we bow our heads, let's make things right with God. And in your own words, as we pray this prayer, as I pray this prayer of forgiveness for all of us, confess whatever sins you have, and let's keep a short account with God. So let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning, in obedience to the scriptures, we pause now to examine ourselves if we have sinned against you in thought, word, or deed by what we have done by what we've left undone if we've not loved you with our whole heart if we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves for the sake of your beloved son Jesus Christ who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins have mercy on us and forgive us of all of our sins and as our heads are bowed and we're reflecting before God and confessing any sins that we have maybe you're new to faith and you've never truly experienced the saving grace that we're celebrating this morning. Uh, You can do that right now. All you got to do in your own words, just ask Jesus to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart. And you can start your first steps of faith with us this morning as you open your heart to Jesus and ask him to come in. Amen.